When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mamma mia, my Italian homie Kyle Brickman. We just witnessed the my heart sink into my ball sack. Uh, we watched the Philadelphia in overtime squeak one out 104 to 101 over our Toronto Raptors to tighten the rope around the neck, a a 3-0 lead in this first-round series. Hell of a game. Great game to watch. Um, Everybody, I I know this is like a cliche thing to say, but everybody left it on the floor tonight. Um, I mean, you know, you you can't complain about entertainment value. I was sweating. My hand was shaking. My heart was beating. I was squeezing my dog too hard, like, it was everything you want in entertainment value. It just unfortunately came out on the wrong end. Toronto had lots of opportunities to pull this one and take this one away, and they they let it slip through their hands. Kyle, thoughts? Yeah, it's the two free throws at the end of regulation for Precious. It's the one miss free throw uh, for Metanobi at the end of overtime there. But more than that, it, it just Embiid just just crushed our souls tonight i mean he he's the type of player that you know we knew from the beginning of this series like the raptors would have trouble with him but i like that's the type of shot you want him taking is a a contested step back three and if he's hitting those like at godspeed it's over and that's that's it might be over for the entire league if he's if he could hit that type of shot so i i gotta tip my cap to them i thought uh, Raptors played a, a really nice series, ultimately, and it's it's not over yet. Although there's never been a comeback from three to nil, but we won't call it over yet. Um, but Let's you got to just tip your cap to Embiid. I mean, he had a tremendous game. It's all him. He did, and he came up clutch multiple times, whether it was shot clock or or game clock. Don, let's go back to that play one more time. A couple of things. One, I'm not. I um, Nurse called Freddie off of Danny Green on the inbounds to play, I, I guess, the backdoor or the lob. I question that. DeAndre Jordan came out on the other end to guard the inbound play. I would have liked to have seen Boucher out there just generally, whether it's on the inbound or not. Danny Green is a free look to find whatever he wants. I, like you can't. I personally just don't think you can give um, a veteran NBA player an open an open purview of the entire floor to find exactly what he needs. Secondly, Tobias Harris made an, a, a beautiful screen to seal off Precious. And actually it was Freddie, the one who read it to close out. Um, yeah, this was just a really good play. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, I think it's OG on Harris who kind of follows. Um, yeah. He follows. I'm not really sure. OG gets lost there, I think. I don't know. Do you see that, Kyle? Yeah. Somebody gets lost and Embiid springs loose and Precious gets sealed on the screen. Yeah, the 
and we thank you, Matthew. I agree completely. Uh, Matthew Combs says it's the one for four from the line. So let's all just be okay. LOL. Yeah, agreed. That's uh, that's what it was. It was the one for four from the line, but it was a lot of stuff. Like, uh, and here I, I'm with you. That exact pass uh, there is why you have a person guarding the inbounder. Is that that pass is like would never be completed if even even Fred Van Vliet is standing in front of Danny Green, let alone Chris Boucher. So. Kind of unacceptable there. We we respect Nick Nurse as a pro Nick Nurse podcast, but I don't know. I really don't know what was going on there. Should we I, should we try to get into the positives? Are there I any positives on, that you I can just, think of? I just want to see that. I see it now. Gary is on Tobias, and Gary cheats to grab the backdoor guys. Mm-hmm. OG fights Which over. Fred's Gary already there. Cheats. Yeah, exactly. Precious gets hit on the screen, and there's nobody to play that that uh, Embiid's pop, and so that's. That's, I mean, maybe maybe Nurse called that in the timeout and they wanted Freddie as the free safety to play that. I mean, really, you want Embiid shooting a fadeaway three at the, at the buzzer. Like, yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably going to live with that. Um, can we give Doc Rivers a technical for running four quarters down the floor to the very goddamn end of the, you know, the court? He practically had to, like, you know, tug on the referee's shirt to get the timeout called. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't agree. I mean, the Raps broadcast does a pretty good job of not being homers, but even Matt Devlin saying like, and he's way out of the uh, the coaching box there. It's like, come on, man, get real. <laughs> okay, he's out of the coaching box. Fine, whatever. Oh, man, it's the sequence of events: the shot clock's winding down to point nine, and Doc Rivers, who can barely walk, he walks like he's a seventy-five-year-old caveman with four new hips and he somehow runs all the way down the floor and gets that time out. It's crazy. Don, can Uh, we get, this is heartbreaking. I was going to say, can we get that off the screen? If we're not getting into positives, I've got a a huge negative. I want to address almost instantly. Um, Maxi gets whatever he wants off the dribble. There's not a single person on this team who can stay in front of Tyrese Maxi. He, he gets downhill as easily as anyone in the NBA can get downhill. And I get that he's a tremendous player or whatever, but, like, someone's got to hang with this guy. I mean, pr- assuming the Raptors lose this series, Fred Van Vliet was an all-star this year. Maxie's a second-year player. Maxie ate Fred's lunch this series on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. Maxie owned Fred Van Vliet. So this is – that's ugly. Yeah. Defensively, you're definitely right. I mean, for, like, Fred was getting blown by – over and over again by Maxi, and I, I wrote this down about soft versus hard closeouts, and the Raptors are known for hard closeouts, like running. Matthew disagrees, but BT Dubs, um, OG did give Maxi trouble, and we did bottle up Maxi at times. We we played him a lot better tonight, but but time and again we had these really hard closeouts on Maxi, and you know exactly what he wants to do. He is a blur in that first step, absolute blur off the rip. And he just got by us. And he's, you know, the difference between Freddie and Maxi, which is this isn't new, this isn't new with Freddie, is that floater game. Like Maxi gets by you on that first step. When he's in that second layer of defense, it's insta floater or insta high banker. And Freddie doesn't have that to his game. What Freddie did do this game that I did like was when he did get to that second layer of defense, he was finding the open shooters and they were hitting them. So he did adjust. I'd be interested. I'm just going to check it out. Um, oh, I can't see it right now. But Freddie, Freddie first half versus Freddie second half was quite the difference, I think. Like Freddie was looking to distribute a lot in the first half. 
Um, he was he was choice with his with his shots, and the second half he started to take a, a lot of those hero balls that we know him for. And and until the very until like that six minute mark where he hit that big three, um, he uh, he struggled. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I just I, I'm shocked that Joel Embiid's middle name is Hans. But we'll move on. <laughs> I would have never seen that one coming. Um, I'm kind of honored just. Alec, I'm kind of honored that you searched us out. Like the fact that we like are a place you come to troll us is like true honor. So welcome. Um, and well, Alec, while you're here, like the stream, you guys you know the rules. If you come here to chill, you have to like the stream. Um, I do want to say, Precious, like we kind of got on him for the missed free throws, or I did. He had a great game. Oh, he yeah. had a terrific game. This is yeah. this was like the proof of concept for Precious. Like he. Um, he had a terrific game guarding Embiid. I thought. I mean, as as like as well as anyone can guard Embiid, he had he did well. I mean, he didn't exactly lock him down, but who who I don't think there's anyone who can. He was hitting the offensive glass like crazy. Although it only ended up in two offensive rebounds for him, he was just like you know causing havoc. And uh, in, in general, just like some of his off the bounce stuff is so evolved from the beginning of the year, and I think a lot of it has to do with as Oren said, like getting him the reps. A lot of it is like he's making better decisions than he was earlier in this year. He's not taking like those sort of turnaround the step backs like he used to. He's like he gets his threes and he gets the rim, and it's like exactly what you want from him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, he finished well. Uh, you know, like that. What really bu- bugs me about the Raps is they they shy away, especially earlier in the game. They shy away at Embiid's presence, which is like granted he's a monster, but like they kind of bail out when they get there. Precious and OG were the only guys that were really actually eyes on the rim, like trying to get there regardless of who was around them. And Precious, you know. Old early on pressures isn't finishing the way he did when he like he like leaps into the lane and like and moves his, his the ball over and finishes on either hand like that's that's end of year stuff that makes precious really special um, yeah like there's a couple times Freddie got by um, Embiid and he just he didn't he like kicked it out to OG for the three which turned out to be great but like I think there's a lot of missed layups that we're just avoiding because we're fearful of of Embiid's presence. Yeah, and speaking of Embiid presence, I think the person who probably feels the most is Pascal. Like he, the the lateral stuff from Pascal, like basically moving horizontally in the court, and not getting downhill. Like Pascal's entire game is predicated on like threatening to get downhill into the rim, and then he has all those stuff like those little spins, those little like reverses up and unders that he works off of that. But he's basically no longer threatening getting downhill when he has Embiid on him, or even when Embiid's on the floor, because Embiid's such a terrific shot blocker that. You know, even if he beats his man and gets downhill, it's, it's not much he can do at the rim. So, uh, Pascal is really lost. It has been really lost throughout this entire series. And I like I don't mean to get on the guy because the the the, das, the the discourse is so rough around this dude. But man, he had this is a bad series for him. This is a really bad series for him. Like altogether, I can't think of a single good Pascal game. Yeah, we gotta lay off the the Pascal hate. Like I understand that he didn't play. Um... He didn't play like a superstar. And, you know, towards the end of the year, he looked like he was a superstar or close to it. But at the same time, he's a, he's like our defensive core. And he played a stellar game defensively. So I think he was obviously tired. He was not getting around anybody in the middle of the floor there. And, I mean, you know, that's going to happen. We They've played three games in five nights. And... 
Pascal's been guarding Embiid for a big portion of that time. If not, he's like scrambling around trying to cover. So we got to lay off Pascal a bit. Thank um, you, Matt. Again, Matthew's spending his money. He's he's like pity spending his money on us because of like a the we've been here all year. Aiden predicted uh, Raptors in five, which unfortunately is impossible. Uh, I predicted Raptors in seven. It's I guess it's still in the cards. Hypothetically, I'm not mathematically eliminated, but yeah, thank you, Matthew. Yeah, we we just have to like, um, yeah. I think we got to lay out the negativity here a little bit. For, like, pressure's missing the free throws. It's just going to happen. He's a young kid. He, like, he's not there to hit those game, those big free throws. Same with OG, for that matter. Like, OG is pretty clutch. But, like, you know, these guys barely get to the line. You can't expect them to hit these shots. I think, like, like I there were some frustrating moments with Freddie, for sure. And I think he's got a – I've said this before. Like, he needs a little bit more humility with how he plays in, in the half court. Like, He's got to defer a little bit more to um, other shooters and scorers. And they miss Scotty. I mean, they've missed Scotty these last two games. Evidently, missed Scotty like a yeah. big time. So, uh, like, they're missing a crucial piece. Like we were talking with Scotty, I thought in the first game was their best player. Um, and it seems like we're out here making excuses, but like, you know, we're, I'm happy holding people accountable. Uh, but maybe, you know, this is be. A- than in the past, and there's no need to be as toxic as we're being right now. Um, that being said, uh, not really a great night from uh, Fred or Pascal. It was an all right night for OG. I thought OG, uh, he had he still has these weird moments where he like tries to do too much stuff off the dribble. That but that three in overtime was, was massive. It was like a game altering three. He had a, a lot of outside shots. I thought OG had a great night, especially OG had a great game. game. I thought. He uh, yeah. he played 45 minutes and finished, like, plus one. Um, the fourth quarter, he really, like, asserted himself. He had back-to-back-to-back plays of two assists and a two-pointer late. Like, he – I mean, he looks like he – again, like last year, and I'm – like, this isn't, a, like, a, a facade. Like, he looks like he's taking big steps again. I just I can't wait for a whole off season of him doing dribbling drills. Like I just want him to tighten those handles. But um, he, he's really gonna if we're gonna win any games, he's gonna be the linchpin that like turns a game or two. Yeah, I, I will say, guys, like if there's a team that could collapse dramatically, it's this James Harden Philadelphia team. And if there's a team that's like wonky enough, crazy enough, makes it absolutely no sense. Is is like the right level of weird to come back from a three zero deficit? It's it's probably this Raptors team. That being said, I wouldn't bet on it. And uh, while we're talking about betting, we are sponsored. If we can get the uh, the banner up here, we are sp- brought. This show is brought to you by Scorebet. The links in the description. I I boldly predicted that you guys should have bet Toronto for Game Three. Didn't really. <laughs> I hope you didn't take my advice. You know, to to the extreme. But whatever. Look. Um, it's a great service. If you if if you're hearing it for the first time from us, I'm kind of shocked because they're all over the Jays games, they're all over the Raptors games, they're all over my phone, they're on my YouTube, they're everywhere. I can't escape it. Um, and and if you can't escape it either, we're also sponsoring. We're also sponsored by Scorebet on Wrap Up Live. You can. It's a yet another forum in which you can escape Scorebet. They're great. You know, use the link in the bio. Tell them uh, we sent you over and. Uh, 
maybe I don't know. I'm not going to give you a prediction for game four because the game three one didn't work out. Do you have a prediction for game four? Uh, I'm not ready for it yet. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still processing this loss. I think you did hit it on with like losing Scotty. I mean, we are uh, we are such a thin team as it is, and you saw how gassed Freddie and, and Pascal were. Like, I, you know, guys are missing our second or third best player, right? Like, as of right now, he's our second or third best player out there uh, overall, and like we're missing them. So, I mean, you have to you have to consider that when we're like mourning this loss and getting mad at whoever. Like, we're not playing at full strength and. Um, there's a lot resting on the shoulders of a very few, few um, players at this point. Yeah, what? there was there were a couple moments where it was just like, why are you? Why is Freddie walking the ball up down one with one minute left in overtime? Like, and you got to get into a set. I know it's like super, but like you got to get the ball up the floor and get going. Like, get, they're just exhausted. I think that's might be less Fred's fault and more. We talked with the minutes all year. That might be a Nick Nurse problem because these well, dudes are exhausted. I think part of it is a tactical change. I think they like, I mean, the score like was in the Raptors ballpark, right? Like 100, 400, one that's Toronto's determined that they need to, they're not going to win the transition unless they're forcing turnovers, which they did early. And so they want to slow this game down like a lot. Um, and, and they succeeded in doing that. Like they, they kind of, they eliminated Maxi for the most part. I also thought early in the game, especially in the first half, and they were, they were up 17 at one point, it, it, there was a reason for that. It's because they were really deliberate on offense. They were hunting switches aggressively. Yeah. They were, they were like, you know, yeah, they were bomb hunting Tyrese Maxey. He, like, he couldn't escape anything. He was in every pick and roll. That's the sort of offense they need to run. And then, like, you get late into overtime, and it's like Pascal isolating yeah. on Joel Embiid. What's going on? Am I, am I fucking crazy? Am I crazy? Like it, I, that can't be the go-to offense late in games. Is like have Pascal isolate on the dude who's likely the best defender in the NBA. I don't know. Whatever. It's, I, I'm telling you right now, it's not Marcus Smart <laughs> in my mind. But Embiid is probably the best defender in the NBA. So yeah, um, I, 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 we have to highlight the comment because he paid for it. But I, I disagree with the take. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna snub you if you, you pay for your airtime. Yeah, Ro- Ronan Dan one. Ronan Dan one says Raptors fans should be prepared for Pascal and Van Vliet to be traded. Spelled Van Vliet wrong. They are good players, but not good enough to be your main player. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's like the series season isn't even over yet. So that's something like we got a lot of off season time to fill. This is more of an off-season conversation, but we'll get back to this, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say that, like, we do forget that this is not a complete team yet. Like, the the philosophy all year, and I think for the next two to three years, is that we're actually not going to have a singular superstar. Like, we're going to hope that one of our guys hits that level, but that even if they don't, we're going to excel because we have, like, six, seven guys who can play at a very high level at any time. And if Pascal and Freddie have max have hit their ceilings, they're damn good ceilings. And then if you have OG and Precious and Scotty and maybe Gary um, fill the ranks and become also damn good players, this team is going to be awfully threatening. So I I understand the like 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 look, I was big on the Demar Derozan trade wagon. I like. I felt like we hit our ceiling with those guys and I wanted I wanted to see him go. And so I, I'm not I'm not like the sentimental type that's gonna defend down to the grave on some of these guys. 
but I just don't think we've hit our our maxed out potential. I feel like with that Raptors team, we maxed out our potential, and um, we still got lots more to come in the next couple of years, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just impossible to say. I I, I will say there there might be an argument for like turning the the handing the proverbial keys over to Scotty sooner rather than later because it's like, hey, we know what the ceiling of this team is with with Fred and Pascal as the the drivers. Man, I, I I'm not in the mood to talk about it. It's so we're so far down the line. Like I got no idea. So, um, I think maybe should we just look ahead? I guess we got to do we got to do tax. Well, man. I mean, do you want to talk about saddest tax man of the year? <laughs> I I want to go back to the the pick and roll stuff. Like this has been a, a running theme throughout the year where we tactically go away from what works, and I think you know, I think. I think players who become leaders who aren't the most talented misunderstand their roles, right? Like Freddie, Freddie and Pascal, like particularly Freddie, like think that because they're the leaders, it's fourth quarter. It's my time to shine. Let's go. And, and maybe that's true, but like, we got to stick to what works and like OG exploiting Harden, for example, was what works. And then we went away from him. Crazy. Well, we're like spamming the pick and roll early and getting Embiid all the way out and finding those baseline cutters or finding the open shooters. That worked really well early on, and we just didn't go back to that stuff. And, I mean, some guys, you know, sometimes the adrenaline's running or or your exhaustion kicks in and you're not thinking, like, thoughtfully. That's on nurse as well. Um, and like, that's, you know, Freddie being tired and Pascal being tired where they're not taking the initiative and doing what's proper at the time, whatever it is, it's happened before and it's, it's happened and it happened tonight. And like, that's the tragedy of this is like, I'd like to go back to the play by play and see how many, how many possessions we just basically franked up because there was nothing juicy going on. Yeah. And it's like these late game possessions are just pure like flatten the floor out isolations like it's not even like uh, i think it's a nurse problem i don't i can't even remember i don't think this was the case in 2019 but there i do remember there being a ton of Kawhi isolations late and it was like honestly like run like a hammer run any sort of set for gary run any try to get something going call a single play cuz like if the alternative is like a Siakam isolation on Embiid or a, 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 like a never-ending Van Vliet possession. It's just not sustainable. It's just can't can't be how you run late-game offense. It's not the, your best option. So yeah. I, I think there needs to be play calls. And good coaches make play calls down the stretch. I, Steve Kerr uh, with that Warriors team was like calling specific like elevator plays with like one minute left in the NBA Finals and stuff. Yeah. Like that's like I get that. Okay, whatever. Not every team could be like that, but like seriously, you, you got to have some type of play. Let's get Bill Belichick in the box. Exactly. Um, top shot. Good to see you again. I don't feel like I've seen you around lately. He's only uh, here when we suffer. He's only here when we like we're in absolute pain. Schadenfreude. Um, we talked about this at the beginning of the uh, show, so you can check that out. But yeah, I I. I agree. The the choice, and you saw Nurse yell at Freddie to do it. The choice to go free safety was not was surprised me. It's not what I would have done. Um, I would have thrown in our biggest body, even Thad. You know, like. But anyway, whatever. We we relitigated that, so you can go check that out. Um, wasn't the move I would have done, but what a while. I'm no one being. I'm I like. 
I'm tempted to get this conversation going just so I could do it. I told you so, but we won't. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> we we should do tax. He's injured. Man. We should he's do tax. Man. He's played well. We should um, do tax man. I okay. I have no strong feelings either way. I think probably okay. True. Tax man of the night, uh, Don. Give us your tax man of the night because I don't think Kyle or I are in any condition to award a tax man right now. Oh, he's gonna type. Is he typing or is he? He's gonna. Okay. Well, I I I would personally say I'll go with the Chua. I think he had a terrific game. I know he missed the free throws, but I if we're doing if we're holding free throws against people, OG missed the more crucial free throw. So, you know. That's the way to choose a tax man. Who missed the more <laughs> the important most free crucial throw? free throw? Of the game. I mean, Precious hits those two free throws. This game's probably over. So I don't know about that, but um, I think OG won it last game, so I'm happy to give it to Precious. Man, he was nine for eleven, two for two from three. He missed two free throws. He had six boards. Two of those were offensive, which like our offensive rebounding kicked up again, which is nice to see. Um, he played excellent defense and. He had four turnovers, unfortunately, but uh, he was a plus. He was a team best plus two, unless you count Boucher, who had who was plus seven in seventeen minutes, uh, or Flynn, who was plus four in seven minutes. So, congratulations, Precious Achua. It might be the second last Canon Taxman of the year. Uh, God willing, <laughs> it's not, but uh, you never know. Uh, it was well deserved. He, we needed somebody to step up, and it was Precious tonight. So, well done, Precious Achua, Can-Am Taxman of the Night. Canamtax.com is our sponsor this year. Our boy, Vijay Verma, will hook you up with some uh, tax wisdom for your own personal taxes or for your small business, whatever needs you got. Uh, tell them Raptors Republic sent you. Maybe he'll give you a pound. Maybe he'll mope about Gary Trent Jr.'s uh, three-point shooting percentage. I don't know. But um, go check him out. Let him know we sent you. Kyle, uh, what were your thoughts on our defensive um, uh, changes? Yeah, the I think they worked early. Um, and I'm not sure if that's necessarily because we were tiring Embiid out on the offensive end or whatever it was. But he had, what, five first half points Embiid did? Uh, part of that was the double teams. Part of that was they were just like they had him basically like running his ass off on the offensive end. Like we had, I think in many ways, like a, a, a good defense is a good offense. And I beat you just got to tie the dude out. And in the third quarter, I beat had his hands like grabbing the shorts. He was like, you know, settling for a lot of threes. And I think a lot of that was that we were working him on the perimeter on offense. So I, I to me, I don't know if the changes were. I can't even point to like a single significant change. They didn't, to me, they didn't go to anything they hadn't gone to before. Then they went zone a few times in weird moments. But um, other than that, I think the biggest change is that Embiid actually had to work on the the other end and, and was tired. So clearly not at the end. I think one thing I noticed, I noticed it with Harden and I saw it um, mentioned on Twitter by, I forget his name, apologies, but um, was that, the Raptors were sending help a little bit later. And I th- you saw blow by Maxi on Freddie, and there was this empty backcourt. And that's when your defense goes awry. You hopefully don't want to just get a single beat right to the rim. Harden, too, same thing. And I think part of that is the Raptors decided to help later. Um, and sometimes 
that meant that they didn't help at all because they were too late. But if you help later, um, what happens is the driver gets in, gets into the lane late or pass or Embiid gets somewhere late. And then when they're looking to do that, the kick out, which Philly's been very good at, they've been finding those corners really well. The Raptors are able to rotate better when they're helping earlier. There's an immediate kick and then boom, another pass. And it's an easy three from the corner. So I think that was one um, change that they made, which was just being like the more thoughtful on when they help, who they help on and at what times. Um, and, uh, you know, Philly missed some of their threes, which also always helps the defense. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. Like it, it was positive in the sense that they were able to close it to the corners more effectively. The other, the negative was obviously there's so many times when either Harden or, or Maxi are completely just like, blowing by like you know roadrunner cloud of dust style blowing by uh, a, a toronto guard on the perimeter and just like a, a walking into a wide open paint like no one within 10 feet type of thing so it was rough um i, I wanted to ask you about the zone uh, philly zone specifically toronto offensively it felt like they were getting the ball of the nail which is uh, the sort of the first step to being zone but after that like there was no cutting there was no movement there was nothing they had no ability to beat the zone and it really killed their offense for long stretches in the second and third quarter like they the reason philly got back in the second quarter from a 17 point deficit is because they the raptors couldn't solve the zone i mean like what went wrong to me it was a movement issue yeah i think they were hopeful that once i mean that's pascal's cook zone right and i like he just struggled to. I think he was, I think he was a little bit hesitant to shoot that jumper. Like it wasn't falling, and I think he was getting like he wanted to get something into the lane, and he wasn't. And he was dribbling around, and they were reading his spin quite well too. So I think he felt felt a little bit unnerved, and uh, and and everybody else was watching and waiting for him to do something, and nothing happened. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So yeah, I, I think, you know, a zone is, or beating a zone is like, there's three things to, with a two, three zone, there's three things you got to do. One is get it to the high post, which they did. Two is finding, um, is moving the ball to get that zone out of sorts. And three is finding the open shooter to like, to really exploit the zone. And, and we, we, we did an okay job. I think overall we handled the zone better than we have against other teams this season. Uh, but, I think also... Uh, worth noting four even is like when you find a shooter who has five feet of space instead of 10 feet of wide open space, you got to just take the shot. A lot of guys were getting the ball, not in like, not in shooting position, meaning like their knees aren't bent. They're basically getting the ball, like standing up like an NPC in a video game. And like, it's like, you need to be, you need to have your knees bent. You need to have your hands ready. You need to be in like a shooting stance, ready to shoot the ball. And that wasn't the case. Like guys were like picking up the ball, and and then considering shooting, jabbing, and then recycling the possession just didn't work. Can uh, can we whine about the refs tonight? Or are you happy with it? I thought, if anything, it was a it was a pro Toronto whistle, especially in the first half. I th- I mean, I wouldn't call it 
pro. I would call it like appropriate refereeing. Which would by our standards is pro Toronto. I but I mean that that whistle started to go in the second half again. There were some awful calls, man. That OG strip was the call was yeah, that was rough. So late and the strip was so clean. Um can, can we talk about okay, what the hell is the theory that both coaches, in fact, almost every NBA coach seems to have no idea how to use their challenges? What like okay, you want to save it for a high pressure situation at the end of the game, but then there's so many instances like tonight, and and honestly, a lot of the challenges that Nick Nurse uses late in games is basically like challenging plays that they have no chance in hell being overturned because he saved the challenge too late, and it's like oh well, they're 20 seconds in the game, might as well use this challenge in order to uh, you know otherwise I can't like can't take the challenge home with me, dude. Use the challenge. I don't care if it's in the the like one minute into the third quarter, if it's an overturnable play. You need to use a challenge then. If you have a play that you are certain you can overturn, that's yeah. the purpose of the challenge. Overturn it then. Uh, I'll get to that. I First of all, I just want to address this. I'm not excusing the game because of the refs. But the last two games have been truly bad. Joel Embiid is a joke of a flopper. And and Harden, like, Arden, it creates fouls and borderline causes offensive fouls. And, like, they weren't getting the called in the first two games. And I, I'm just asking how we feel about it in this game. I think in the second half, it was very noticeable that there were calls that the refs were not, like, were calling that were bullshit. But, yeah, whatever, bro. I agree. Um, but to your point, I my rule my rule is can you save – can you save save or gain points from from the challenge? Like, to me, that's what – whether that's in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. Like, if you, if you think for sure you can stop two points – or gain two points, then you should then you should use the challenge, or or foul trouble. Like and and sometimes you got to do that as well. But like, yeah, I I agree. I don't. I think saving it. it I understand the idea behind it, but I think ultimately two points is two points, whether you can get it now or later. Yeah, exactly. Like, whatever. It's frustrating. I think it'll be solved. Like in football, has challenges. They have it completely solved, and they're they're like specific. I'm sure their coaches come into the off season, have like the analytics guys walk over. Like this is when you should take challenges, et cetera, et cetera. It's just taking a while for the NBA to adjust. The system's only been in place for a couple of years, so yeah, we'll see. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I mean, this is uh, we got very, a lot. It's cooking in here. We got a lot of people in here, but guys, we're depressed. We're sad. Very quickly, uh, how did you feel about the Birch minutes? You know what. You need a guy, if you're just the strategy on Embiid is to just bring double teams anyway, you need a guy who's strong enough to like stop Embiid from getting instantly to the hoop. So I thought Birch was really good as basically like uh, a wall. Uh, you know, even if he's he's just five fouls and a guy who can like lean up against Joel Embiid enough so that Embiid doesn't get to the hoop before a double team can come. So I thought, you know, offensively, especially, uh, man, I don't ever want to see Birch spacing to the corner. He should always be in the knocker spot or setting a screen. I don't know why they ever have Birch in the corner on offense. But uh, defensively, like, you just need a dude who can, like, hold up. And I think if you compare, like, he was a minus two tonight. Siakam was a minus four. Thad Young was a minus nine. I know you don't want to hear that. Gary Chen Jr. was a minus seven. Van Vliet was a minus seven. Like Birch didn't, it's not like he killed them tonight. He wasn't like the worst player in the team tonight. He's just a dude who like, takes five fouls. 
Yeah, I uh, I was okay with Birch defensively, but I mean offensively, it just kills us, right? Like, but th- what do they use him for? Like, I don't get why they use him in the corner like that. What's the point? What's the purpose of using him in the corner? It's because they need to have like these Siakam isolations in the middle of the floor against Embiid, and so you you use your personnel that way. Like, you want Ken Birch in the corner so that we can like we have the privilege of having Siakam isolated and Embiid in the middle of the floor, which didn't work anyway. Hasn't worked all series. It's just a miss. Like it's a, we've talked about this all year. It's a misallocation of resources as like a, on offense. It's like you have guys who are uh, not riding the hot hand. You have dudes taking shots that shouldn't be taking shots, and now you have Ken Birch like basically being like a a floor spacer in the corner for what reason? I yeah, I, I, mean, I never got that. But I mean, and that's the thing is like it, he's got to run the baseline like Precious does. He's got to find open space. Exactly, the yeah. problem is is he doesn't even finish when like. He gets those opportunities. He had but. a nice little pass to Gary, though. I did like the little, like, uh, sort of dump yeah, off he, pass to Gary. That was fun. He's very much an underrated passer, like, when he gets the Absolutely. ball and, like, kicks it out. But he's kind of gone away from that, and I think they want him to try and finish, and he can't. And so that's, like, the struggle with him. But but defensively, he did fine. They, they called him a couple times for getting his hands in there, and Embiid will just eat you alive if you put your hands on him. But he was on Embiid, like... You know, it's it's sort of short-sighted to just look at, like, the raw numbers. But I think if you look at just the first half numbers with Birch on as uh, the primary defender on Embiid, if you can, like, really assign, like, primary defender status to anyone on Embiid because the Raptors are constantly doubling them. Yeah. Um, I think if, if you you look at those numbers, I think Birch did a pretty good job. Like, I think they were – Embiid had what? Embiid had five points in the first half. Am I wrong? Like, he was – Birch was doing a great job. I, I'm with you. He kills them offensively. But, like, sometimes you need a guy who just can hold Embiid off. So, I – I mean, I've always been a Ken Birch supporter. I get that, but like, I just don't understand what the alternative was. It's not like a, a two already played thirty six minutes. I don't know who else you can throw out there. They just don't have the bodies. Let's do some questions, guys. If you have questions, throw them in the chat. They just they don't have the bodies. P is back from his ban. Why won't Nick bench Fred Van Vliet? Because I, I I do think he needs to be out there. Uh, Don, you must highlight this. Because I know I didn't, and I, I'm assuming he didn't. I did. I, I did. didn't. Uh, I think he needs to be out there because he's, in theory, a good floor spacer. Even though he shot twenty percent from three tonight, two for ten, but I think he needs to be out there, like just not in the same capacity he is. I, if I'm Nurse, especially this offseason, I'm. I, I think the priority has to be like talking to Fred and saying, like, "Hey, man, we love you. You can't be the guy." Like, you cannot be the number one guy on this team. It's just never worked. And it hasn't worked. We were talking, like, in Brooklyn, that game in Brooklyn in, in November. Like, oh, how how come Fred took the last shot, like, of driving into traffic? And it's like, nothing's changed all year. The entire year we've had the same conversation. It's like, Fred should not be the closing guy. I, I don't mean to insult you, P, but, like, if you're asking why Freddie should, like, should be off the floor, then I don't think you're really understanding like how important Fred is to this team. Yeah, he needs to play. Like, yeah, like I understand he's hobbled and like one-on-one defensively he's struggling. Although that's like an easy shift if you just take him off of Maxi and put him somewhere else, but whatever. And offensively he's not doing everything I want him, but like that dude's team defense is elite, elite, elite. And like he, the way in which like you saw how Fad Young, it took him a while, or even Scotty Barnes, it took them a while to adjust to how complicated this defensive scheme is. Freddie is like him and Pascal and I guess OG are like top tier, like excellent high IQ defenders in this system. And like you just need them. And you see how Flynn becomes like a little like cute little like 
like Cornichon, like on the floor, like he's just like he gets bowled over. Freddie doesn't because he's strong as hell. And like I what would you so, call Flynn? You call for a Cornichon? <laughs> like a little pickle, you know, like those little like yeah, yeah the Cornichon like, like cocktail a, yeah. pickle. He's like a little pickled pit. Yeah, uh, and Freddie's like one of those big dill pickles, like Bubba. <laughs> But what are the bubbies like pickles, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. The no ones they give you in a deli and they won't even give you the full pickle. They're like, and he's it into our quarters. team leader and he does hit big shots and he just needs to, like, we just need to settle him in more. I think Nick's going to ride or die with him and then we talk about him. Um, he needs to be out there. I'm sorry. He need like, we can move on because we spent already like too much time on this, but he needs to be out there. I just, my thing was like, not in the capacity he, uh, he currently is. Is Nick Nurse being out coached by Doc this series? No. I, I mean, like, Philadelphia has the, the MVP of the league. Like, what, what do you want? Like, it's not that hard to coach. Like, they're not really doing, I mean, they're, they're obviously doing enough to win and they're doing it well. They're executing well. But this just comes down to Harden and Embiid being like very, very good players and scoring, particularly uh, in this game, scoring when it matters. I don't know that it's like out being out coached per se. I think my gripe with, with Nurse is that he ran these dudes into the ground the regular season for a lot of the time for no reason. Like he had Pascal playing 40 minutes in games. They either lost or won by 20. It's like, man, come on. We can, we can do better than this. But yeah, like the Sixers just have more talent. They have the MVP of the league. They have another former MVP. They have Maxi, who's come out of nowhere. So to me, uh, no, I wouldn't say Nurse got out coached. It's just the Raptors in general got outskilled. Uh, why do we see very little, Chris? I've, I've got no answer. I think yeah, maybe they needed they needed uh, the spacing, but it's not like Chris is a terrible shooter. I think Chris is probably a worse shooter than any of the other guys they had on the floor uh, to close. But I, I don't know. I, I especially on that inbound, like where was he? Yeah, I Boucher had a pretty good game. I like. I would have liked to see more of him. I think like he's been the guy that's been able to guard wings. Uh, and guards to some degree and still and then like give you the size on the boards and stuff um but there just there isn't room for him i don't know who like who you would have taken off at the end there and uh, maybe maybe gary i think yeah, gary the, like P, uh, you getting too much attention here, man. Like what Fred's fault? Like why don't? Okay, can you guard a Fred and and or it wasn't you guard Fred's a Joel fault. Embiid? Could you guard a Joel Embiid shot? It and wasn't even Fred's if you're fault. a tall guy. You're you're not going to contest that. P, let's be realistic. Look, I'm not defending Fred to to the bone here. I, in fact, if you've been listening, I criticize a lot of what he did tonight. But they nurse asked him to sit in the middle of the key. You can go back and watch. He directs him away from the inbounder to go to the paint. Um, and and then and be the free safety, and he reads the play and closes out on Joel all the way across the floor. So, like, I don't know how you blame him for that. Um, is there any see that plays defense the way nurse, uh, nurse coaches not man seek and switch the way he wants? I mean, Precious pretty much played yeah, the way it's we Precious. Want he's on the team. I actually don't think the center conversation was so overblown in the beginning of the year. I, I was part of that, but it, it's no longer the uh. It's no longer a center thing it, with this team. It's the I think they when Siakam's not rolling, they miss a go-to score. I think in general they miss spacing and uh, but defensively, Precious is the man. I I love Precious. I I think he's the center of the future. Yeah. Any um, other questions? 
There was one quick one here. Why not more big lineups? I think with Maxi Harden, uh, it's just been too much. They just like, don't have the shooting as well. Like they just don't have the shooting with those big lineups. You can't play like three non-shooters against, especially when the Sixers have are showed they were willing to go zone instantly. And yeah. those the Raptors were lining, they were rolling out those big lineups with no shooting, and the Sixers were like, "Yeah, fine, go ahead. You want to play all these big dudes who can't shoot? How about we? How about we go zone and force someone to shoot?" And it screwed them up. Um. I had a thought and it's gone because I got distracted by the porn stash question. Uh, I've only been able to grow facial hair for like two years. So <laughs> probably ate it. Mine grows in two hours. So. Probably ate it. I would say ate it. Um, um, would you throw Beal in a Max's offseason too? We got a whole offseason to think about that. I'm not, I'm, I'm so still focused on this series. Like I can't even, uh, I can't even process that. I would not. Right I would not because I'm already getting anxiety about paying OG again and Precious and eventually Scotty. So plus we have Gary Trent Jr. He's like a Beal with better fashion sense. Um, Should we end on that? Do we do we play Scotty game for if he's eighty percent? Nurse said he's already playing. I think Scotty might be like forty percent and he's playing. So. Yeah, there we go. I mean, throw him out there, see how he moves. If it's trouble, just yank him. I mean, I wouldn't have played Gary last game, so I'm, maybe I'm conservative that way. But yeah, I'm, I'm scared. Uh, let's just close on because um, this is okay. Whatever we can think about <laughs> moving forward in Game Four, I, I don't know if that's the best. Just mental health wise, I don't know if that's the best option for us. But if the Raptors, hypothetically, if the Raptors don't win this series, who you got winning the finals? Like, who's your pick? Me. Yeah, you, what if you're not on tomorrow and they lose, or what if you're not on Saturday and they lose? You never have the opportunity to uh, to to make your selection. Hey, man, I can come you on can here anytime and just rant and rave if yeah. I have to. And you can follow us both on Twitter for the opportunity to for all of our picks. Well, I took a bracket and I took Bucks Warriors and then Bucks winning, so I'll stick to that. Give me, uh, give me Phoenix. I, I'm I'll tell you who of. I don't want winning, and it's goddamn Philadelphia. I'll tell you that much. I, uh, I I think my actually I think my hot take is that Brooklyn wins that s- series with Boston. I think wow. they've looked I think they've looked pretty good in both games in Boston. I uh, I think I, I Kevin Durant has had bad second halves in both those games. They're gonna they're gonna have a couple KD games. They'll win those two at home, and then there's still like you know that KD game five. I don't know. I think I think Brooklyn wins that series in six. I think, and you uh, can bet on it in score bet, probably. I don't know. I haven't checked it out. I assume you can bet that on score bet. So, guys, that's my official prediction: is that Brooklyn will win the Boston series in six games. I think if Boston didn't have to run into Milwaukee, they they would beat Miami and go to the finals. But I I think I think Giannis is unguardable with that team. But we'll see. They are a very good team. But... Okay. All right, that's guys. It. Thanks for having. Hey, look, like and subscribe. Look, if this is the last time you see us for the year. Well, I'll be here Saturday. Don't you worry. Okay, I'll probably be here. And Saturday then we're going to have game five on Monday. Yeah, we'll have game five on Monday. Game six on Thursday, which is my birthday. Oh. Uh, and then I guess game seven, I would assume, on Saturday. Guys, the game is on, or 
at two o'clock Saturday Eastern time. So no going out late on Friday. We all need to be sober and locked in here so that when you come here after and celebrate the win, we can tell all the naysayers in the chat how wrong they were and how we're coming back and and uh, being the first team in NBA history to come back from 3-0. So, I love that. I love yeah, that. Well, with it. Phoenix is with us on that one. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Try and stay uh, positive out there. We'll see you Saturday night. Don, my man, thanks for producing. Really appreciate it. Peace out, everybody.